seed falls from overhead into the soft soil beneath. It's buried by steady rain that lasts all afternoon. Its growth will mark the beginning of a new tree in the rainforest. But where did that seed come from? A bird? A squirrel? A monkey? Nope. This one came from an unlikely gardener. A small arboreal carnivore. If her plant takes root and survives, it may one day tower over the other trees in the forest to grant shelter and safety to her descendants. But sometimes it takes an unlikely and unwitting hero to continue the cycle of life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a carnivore in name only. But more on that later. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about a special little guy. You are talking about the... Uh, just It's an odd name. I'm surprised they haven't come up with something else for it. But it's the, it's, it's the kinkajou. Well, you might be able to come up with some other things for it. I sure can. Uh, well, maybe maybe not me, but a lot of people have come up with other names for it. But like, I'm just surprised it's not the. These aren't the the common names. Like the bear cat. What was it? What was the name of it? <laughs> oh, the binturong. It's like yeah, it's just a weird word, but everybody else calls it the bear cat. True. Very true. But bear cat's not very accurate. No, it's not. And neither of these. So here's here's some nicknames. Uh, the honey bear. Is it? We really like to name things bears that aren't bears, like the space <laughs> or water bear, the bear cat, the koala bear, the woolly bear moth. I think it's just a lot of things that are in the order carnivora that are not are clearly not cats and they're clearly not dogs. Oh, they're bears. <laughs> well, co- they got round the co- ears and a snout and teeth. They're bears. The koala is not in the order carnivora. Yeah, it's not even near it. I don't and know the, why. Koalas are just fluffy and they look like cubs, I And guess. the water bear is, isn't is even in the same phylum. It's barely in the same kingdom. It's like a... Barely? Bear. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> but it's not a bear. It's, it was called the honey bear, but it's not a bear. King of Jews not a bear. The other one is a sugar bear. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess. I mean, it likes... That's definitely a pet name that you would call your... A sugar bear. Significant other. <laughs> <laughs> or a pet name you would call this pet. Um, yeah. It's also called a cat monkey, which I like. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's same, not a cat or same. a monkey, but uh, it's a little bit more descriptive, I think. I've heard uh, in in other languages, when it's like, it's kept as a pet a lot and it's like sold as a lion monkey. Oh, really? Um, so it, there's a lot of like, it's it looks like a monkey, but its face is more carnivorous i mean there's a so we're gonna say monkey and then say a carnivore name there's a there is like a lion monkey isn't there like a lion a monkey with like this huge lion yeah the golden lion tamarind oh yeah yeah that that would be a lion monkey and does not look anything like the kinkajou well that's what i i was reading that it's like people just call it a monkey but they also notice that it has more of a carnivorous face so they Give it another name like bear or lion. Oh, okay, I get that. Uh, also, some locals uh, give it the name La Llorona, which means the crying woman. Yeah, that there was a big scary movie about that not too long ago. Oh, was there? 
Yeah. That, do you? Or were you about to say the legend of that? Like what that comes from? No, I was just going to say uh, that La Llorona was the name of the song that they sing at the end of uh, Coco. Oh, really? Well, the song that the um, mom, uh, Imelda, the the one the one dead aunt that was trying to stop him from doing music, she sings La Llorona. It's her song. Hmm. Uh, well, they, it's like a folk. It's a folkloric ghost that like there's a bunch of different iterations of this but one of the most popular ones is like a, a you hear a crying woman by a river and she like steals children and stuff hmm it sounds awful like a lo- like a scary. lot of folklore things it's just just there are awful spirits out there and uh and they they want to do you harm we need to come up with well, some nice spirits a lot of these folkloric tales come like especially that have to do with like don't go near that river are like don't go near that river because you'll drown or get eaten by a crocodile or apparently get swallowed by a catfish. <laughs> so like parents say like what's something more like scary to a child? Oh, a ghost, you know? Yeah, that would that would have kept me far away from a river if I knew that there was a crying woman whose child had died that was going to drag me below its it's watery depths um nope just a fish (laughs) (laughs) a big fish so uh well uh the nickname that i came up with is meerkat manners because it looks like a meerkat and it has terrible manners when it eats oh good for good that's good for for the for what we're going to talk about later yes 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 um so let's taxonomize this shall we Okay. It's in a kingdom we know, we love, and are in, and that kingdom is the one and only Animalia. Uh, the phylum is Chordata. The class is Mammalia. The order is Carnivora, as you mentioned before. It looks like it's got a carnivore's face, which, I, I mean, it's got a cute face. I'll tell you that. Um, I don't, but it, it does have the like the uh, forward, the protruding snout that a lot of carnivores have. Yeah. Um, Carnivores, uh, like the telltale, like skull shape is like this elongated shape that end- it's a round head that ends in a a snout that's either pointed or rounded, but it's it's usually got powerful jaws with some sharp canines. Right. Um, the family is Procyonidae, which is um, raccoons and raccoon-like animals. Most of which I had never heard of before, uh, like like the Coti, like the yeah the Coti Mundi, the uh, Olingo, the Cacomissile, <laughs> the Ringtail, and the Ringtail, which is not a not the Ringtail lemur, it's a Ringtail. Yeah. It's kind of like a it's kind of like raccoon light. They're all very raccoonish. Yes. Um. So yeah, this is related to the raccoon. The genus is Potos, and the species is Flavus. So it's Potos Flavus, which looks to me Flavish. <laughs> it looks like, <laughs> like, like it means like Flavian potentate, like. So, uh, and and can you guess what a Flavian potentate might be? I don't know what Flavian means, but I know potentate is like a ruler. Yeah, so a ruler in Flavian was an era in uh, Roman emperor history, and one of the Flavian emperors was Vespasian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it all is coming together like an Ouroboros. (laughs) 
eating its own tail. Um, so, but since we're in the business of naming things, let's get to my favorite part of the show, uh, which is the one and only critter groups. The part of the Bless show. You. Thank you. Um, the this is the part of the show where I ask uh, Joe a question, and that question is the same every time, and that is, what is the name of a group of this animal? Um, it could also be phrased, uh, what is the collective noun for this animal, or what is the term of venery for this animal, if you want to be posh about it. Um, so, Joe, what is the name of a group of kinkajous? Is it A, a troop, B, a tribe, C, a mask, and D, a sadness? So, a troop of kinkajous... A tribe of kinkajous, a mask of kinkajous, or a sadness of kinkajous. Also, I don't know if it's kinkajous or kinkajou. Like uh, the plural. Like sheep. Yeah, or moose. I'm going to go with troop, because a lot of people mistake these for monkeys, and monkeys come in troops. So I'm going with troop. Final answer? Yes. You're correct. Darn it. That's one of the only times, like, thought and reason helped. I thought troop and tribe would really throw you off. Sadness was what was getting like it was like that's such a like it's so not good. Like it's <laughs> it's got to be a real one because none of them are very good. <laughs> Except for this 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 one is also incorrect because it's not a monkey. But I can see why people would think it's a monkey and thus think it's a troop of them. I mean it's cr- so. it's correct because sometimes the same term of venery is applied to several different animals. Oh, I guess it's correct because nothing matters in terms of venery. So there, yeah, I guess it is. There is an official source though, and that's that like uh, yes. almanac from fourteen something. So <laughs> fair. Uh, as long as it's old, it's uh, legitimate. Bold. So uh, let's talk about what this guy looks like. So you know, if you've never heard of a kinkajou, I mean, you've gotten some hints from us. Called it meerkat manners. We've called it a bear. Called it a cat monkey. We said something about carnivores. So, uh, but l- let's let's break it down. So let's start with the fact that these guys are dangerously cute. It's been a while since we've covered it like a truly adorable animal. I know we did the koala last week, and you could make a case for the pangolin. Um, but for the past 12 episodes, we've pretty much done uh, non-cute animals. Interesting. Uh, so we're back to our roots. We're back to the uh, the collar. We're back to our cutes. <laughs> we're right back to our cutes. Um, <laughs> and uh, just like just like the, the collared pika and the southern grasshopper mouse and just, just some of the, the oldies but goodies. We talked about some cute animals. Um, so these guys are like little lemur monkey meerkats so i think we that kind of sums everything up um they have long cat-like bodies with shorter legs kind of like a weasel and they have large eyes little little button noses and little rounded bear ears um their their fur is this like bright golden brown with more gold on the bottom for tummy scratches and more brown on the top for back scratches (laughs) And they also countershading. That's right. Uh, be, and I'll talk about where they live later. But um, they also have a long prehensile tail for gripping tree branches, like a monkey. You can definitely see why uh, someone would call this a monkey if they saw it from far away. Which most people see it from far away because it likes to be in trees. 
like a new world monkey too, which is where it lives. It's very true. Um, in the new world, <laughs> which isn't that new anymore. I mean, it never was new. <laughs> but old world monkeys don't have a prehensile tail. Only the new world monkeys do. Like the spider monkey. Interesting. I think I knew that. Yeah. I they have cat-like bodies, but are they as big as cats? Well, that depends because cats are all different sizes. Is there so like a Maine Coon? Well, there's only one way to find out. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We have a new Measure Up intro this yes. week from one of our good friends of the show and father to some very stupendous children that have also participated. Uh, this one comes from Jamie. Awesome. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Whoa, that's Jamie? <laughs> that's Jamie's deepest voice. Oh, wow, that is quite a deep voice. He's got to uh, have just the Adam's apple of the century. The email said, we did a little editing on Jamie's just for fun. And it was, it was fun. That was fun. I couldn't even recognize him. <laughs> it would have taken me a... I would, I would have not guessed it had we uh, done the guessing thing. So I'm glad we didn't. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I forgot about that. Maybe that's not going to happen. That would have been funny. Dang, I forgot. Uh, let's talk about length. Oh, also, thank you, Jamie. Yes, thanks, Jamie. Uh, th- length, uh, it's 40 to 60 centimeters or 16 to 24 inches. Let's call it the, the high end, 24 inches. How many kinkajus go into the length of the longest zip line in Mexico? Hmm. I like t- 24 inches is two feet, so it's perfect. Yeah, it, it's a it's a nice little round number for you, or even number. Uh, here's it's a hint. Round. The zip line, uh, the zip line is nicknamed Big Papa, which sounds round. Uh, it's it's located near Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. There are longer zip lines in Peru and Puerto Rico, by the way. I've been on a zip line in Peru. I've been on one only in Jamaica. I mean, they can be really long. Not like a mile, but pretty long. I'm going to say 800 feet. That sounds like a lot, um, but not too much. So 800 feet is where I'm going with this uh, this long zip line. And with since this guy's, since the kinkajou is uh, at the high end, about two feet long, then uh, we'll say about 400 kinkajous. Fi- That's my final answer. The correct answer is 1,968 oh kinkajous. The zip line is... 1,200 meters or 3,930 oh feet. That is, uh, that's, that's very different from my answer. That's like going from the top of a mountain to the ground. Yeah. Um, or a small mountain. But the, the, the one in Peru is like two kilometers long. And then Puerto Rico is like even longer than that. You could like fall asleep on it. <laughs> I don't think you would though. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, a picture I saw, like a person was like, pointed forward like a missile Ooh, like superman yeah it looks super fun zip lines are really fun so and but it's always bad it's always scary because they um the ones that have you put on a glove and stop yourself yeah because they say let's stop like slow yourself down by putting your hand behind yourself on the line behind the the little wheel thingy 
but never put it in front because then you'll run over your fingers and that would like destroy your hand. Yeah. And then you're, but you're spinning around. So it's like, uh, which way is forward? Which way is forward? Okay. This one. And then uh, in Jamaica, the one we went on, they were like, if we tell you to, you need to slow yourself down by putting your hand on the line. Uh, and it, but it was like, but how do I know? I c- you only know if like you're approaching them at Mach 10 and <laughs> they're like freaking out. So you have to like, slow down, slow down, slow down. I guess that's them telling me. Yeah. They should just have an automatic uh, lever that you push that just kind of slows you down like a train. Yeah. But I like the, I like the, uh, you mean like yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would make sense. Invent that. Um, let's talk about weight. It's 1.4 to 4.6 kilograms or three to 10 pounds. Let's go with 10 pounds. Love it. It's another nice round number for you. How many kinkachus go into the weight of a large jaguar mundi? It's a type of wildcat that's native to Central and South America and a natural predator to the kinkachu. So there's the... Oh, a cousin of the kinkajou is the koti, also known as the koti mundi. So what's this mundi business? It's not mundi, it's jaguarundi. Oh, I thought you put an M there. But still, it's a same suffix there. Undi, just kind of s- slapping it on the end of another, of some other animal. <laughs> this is the lion uh, undi. And the crocodile Maybe it undi. means small. Because it's like ja- it's spelled jaguar and then undi, so maybe it's like small jaguar. Here's the hint: jaguar mu- jaguarundis have been sighted in Florida since 1907. They were also sighted in Georgia in the 80s, and there's no definitive specimen that has been captured or killed yet. But there have been credible sightings. No definitive spe- in in the United States or at all. In the in the United States, oh, I was like, "What?" <laughs> There's pictures of them, and like, and you can see them at zoos. They're like like cats that come in either brown or like this orange color that looks like they're just like um, uh, Thomas O'Malley, the alley cat from Aristocats. O'Malley, the alley cat. I'm gonna say f- four. I think uh, I think that the jaguar mundi is forty pounds. Uh, the correct answer is two oh. kinkajous. The jaguar drag, jaguarundis uh, can grow to be twenty pounds. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say three, and then I was like, oh, but, I mean, that's not that much bigger. I I like like small house cat sized wild cats because it's like, what are you doing out here in the wilderness? <laughs> <laughs> how'd you how'd you get out here? Tabby, like what the heck? You should either be in Mr. someone's Sprinkles, home. Mr. Sprinkles, get inside. <laughs> Mr. Whispers, you should be either in someone's home or you should be 800 pounds and prowling the Bengal uh, forests. Yes. That's the only two places that cats can be, actually. Exactly. Also in in the rainforest, hunting down kinkajous, very sadly, but very cutely. It's a very, there's a lot of cute matchups out there in the animal kingdom, like the the stoat, stoat, the stoat, and the <laughs> and the uh, pika. Except when the stoat is dripping with the pika's blood, its white coat uh, stained red. I've never seen that picture, and I hope never to. Um, <laughs> but that's all I got for measure of. All right, let's talk about where the kinkajou lives. 
Uh, you talked. You mentioned Mexico. We talked about uh, trees and forests and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. They, it loves the tropical rainforests of Central America and Northern South America. And when I say Northern South America, I mean pretty much that whole top part uh, from Colombia to Bolivia. So it's pretty much an unbroken uh, habitat range from from like Mexico to Bolivia. Which is a pretty pretty big range, and all of Brazil. Uh, it spends most of its time high up in the treetops to avoid predators uh, that are prowling down below, uh, and to find hard to reach fruit. So that makes it a bad businessman because it doesn't go for the low hanging fruit. I've I've hmm. I've worked with a kinkajou before, uh, and they're really they're just bad businessmen. They can't put together a cost benefit analysis to save their lives, and also they poop in the <laughs> coffee maker. <laughs> in it because <laughs> they like to hang out in the upper cabinets um, right i actually have worked with a kinkajou before believe it or not oh that's right i uh used to work at an insurance company and uh the the owner's wife um owned a owned a kinkajou uh, and she would bring it into the office and it would just kind of sometimes hang out on the the top parts of our cubicles and sleep i mean it's nocturnal so uh it would usually sleep during the day but uh yeah there's a his name was roger <laughs> yeah they're, they're they're popular pets because they're pretty like mild-mannered and docile and they're playful just like your typical pet but they're also like they're not domestic so they will like poop everywhere and and, and the <laughs> wikipedia said they'll sometimes attack and scratch and bite deeply yeah, Sometimes they, they will they will not have a good time and they'll just take it out on your your arm. Yeah, they they can definitely be temperamental. They definitely have sometimes really bad meerkat manners. Um, so here's some fast facts before we get to the major fact. Uh, so you mentioned the jaguar mundi, um, but other predators include actual jaguars, um, ocelots, tyras, boas. And eagles, they there's so you were you also mentioned that they bite, and so you don't want to get bit by one of these guys because their saliva t- contains a dangerous bacteria. Uh, so it's kind of like the Komodo dragon or Gila monster, like one of those big lizards that doesn't actually have any venom, but they have a lot of uh, they have a specific bacteria in their mouth that uh, is really bad when it gets into your bloodstream. So their bites can be. Uh, a lot worse than just the actual physical trauma of being bit by a Komodo dragon. Or they also carry a um, a flatworm that if it that it can infect or get get into humans, and if it reaches the brain, it can be deadly. Oh wow! I heard they also carry so a Glock nineteen. <laughs> yeah, watch out for the gun. <laughs> the Kinkajou's carrying. They do have concealed carry in Florida, got, so that's why they that's why they moved to Florida because it's a so they can get a piece. carry state. <laughs> the freak, the freaky cat monkey's got a piece. <laughs> Strapped. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you mentioned, lots of these guys, lots of uh, kinkajous are kept as pets, exotic pets. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that they can live for up to forty years in captivity. So. Um, yeah, you know, you you buy a young kinkajou, you've married that kinkajou. It's it is part <laughs> of your family. Uh, so that's nice, though. Yeah, yeah. To have a pet that lasts long, that lasts generations. 
that's not generations. Yeah, a, a generation is like, uh, what, 30-something years? Is it? All? Oh, I guess. But it me- meaning, like, it's not a generation, as in you definitely need to pass it on to your, chil- your children. You might if you're old. No, well, if you if, if you, you buy a bus, if you get a newborn kinkajou and it lives to like its natural captivity length, it will. You'll be old enough to have children, <laughs> and your children might even be old enough to have children by the time it dies. Well, it's not like an African gray, which is like eighty years. Yeah, yeah. And you definitely have to put that in your will. <laughs> <laughs> I leave to my son my entire fortune and my Galapagos tortoise. <laughs> yeah it's 800 pounds <laughs> it's 800 pounds queen elizabeth the first gave it to our ancestors so you're gonna have to take actually that's that's more like the uh the uh the greenland shark go check out our yeah. greenland shark episode can live to up to what 500 years hmm. goodness the shakespearean shark that should have been my nickname for that but that's all i got those are my general info facts Okay, let's let's get into the major fact, which I'm calling the Procyonidae pollinator. Was that the how you said that? Uh, I said Procyonidae, but Procyonidae that works. Gotcha. Here we go. The kinkajou plays an important role in the spreading of fauna throughout the rainforest, uh, or rather, flora, flora. not fauna. <laughs> I mean, it spreads itself by walking. And yeah, it it has babies <laughs> in different places, so it does spread fauna. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, uh, but typically the the uh, the sowers of the animal kingdoms are typically birds, bugs, and bats, the three Bs. Um, however, the kinkajou's arboreal lifestyle and diet make a unique animal in terms of seed seed distribution. Kinkajous are in the order Carnivora, but as we talked about, they mostly eat fruit, and every once in a while they'll eat a bug here and there, but it's mostly fruit. And They're a disgrace they... to the order Carnivora. Or are they? I feel like in the if you want to live in the trees, it's easier to just eat fruit, especially if you live in fruit trees like fig trees, which they are want to do. They hold fruit in their paws and rake out the soft insides with their tongue. While they do this, seeds from the fruit drop onto the forest floor, f- forest floor below. So it's a good thing they have bad meerkat manners because. Their sloppy eating style spreads seeds mm-hmm. throughout the forest. Any seed that the kinkajou consumes makes its way to the ground in droppings, means which means poop, um, and it's, which is basically a, a case of fertilizer for a seed to be in. So it's a good place for a seed and a bad place for everything else. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, many different types of frugivores that consume seeds spread them far and wide, uh, not many carnivores are fruit seed distributors, but some are, uh, especially its omnivorous cousins like raccoons, which sometimes eat uh, fruit, but their diets are more varied. However, kinkajous do something else that helps out plant reproduction in a way that literally no other carnivore does. They like to eat nectar. Hmm. Uh, yeah, like a, like a butterfly or a bee. A hummingbird. Yeah. Their long five-inch tongue can protrude from their mouth and reach down into flowers to reach nectar. Uh, as a side note, why is it that every time an animal eats nectar, some documentarian says they gorge on nectar? 
I've read well, this also a million like times. Vampire bats and mosquitoes will gorge on blood. It's just like they they just yeah get as like they fill themselves past as much as they can, I guess. But it's just sugar water. It's not a whole <laughs> rotisserie chicken. But I guess like in the animal kingdom, if you find a, f- a source of sugar, it's very rare and delicious, and you want to get also, as much of it as possible. It's also but fruit food sugar, in the, so. It's their food, but it's in a liquid form. So most animals eat solid, some sort of solid food, but the ones that eat their their main food is liquid. I guess you could you could reserve that term gorge for that. Really? Because I don't think of gorge as something having to do with liquids. I think of it as a big canyon. <laughs> Me too. Uh, anyway, as they gorge on nectar, their noses and faces get covered in pollen. When they move on to the next flower, the pollen gets all up in there and cross-pollinates hmm. with new plants. So move over, bees. There's a new florist in town, and it's the <laughs> kinkachu. <laughs> but yeah, that's... I, I, I read that they eat... They'll just like straight up just eat a flower. They'll just put the whole thing in their mouth and eat it. Now that... <laughs> that kind of ruins the the whole pollination thing. Yeah, unless they just upchuck it onto the next flower. Uh, yeah. See, like it's not like seeds where if they come out in droppings, everything's hunky-dory. It's like... If you swallow the whole thing, pollen and all, that's gone. Yeah. Unless it happens to fall on a... I don't know what happens to pollen in digestion. It's probably not good. Seeds, I think, are designed for that a little bit more. Unless they poop directly into a flower. Even then, I think the pollen is, like, probably not... (laughs) It's not in prime condition. Can can you imagine if this was the only animal to use a toilet and that toilet was other flowers? (laughs) No, no. There's another animal that uses a toilet. Oh, the the naked mole rat has a ha, their dens have a specific oh, place to no. go to the bathroom. There's a type of mouse or frog that specifically is able to walk on the sides of uh, pitcher plants, whereas other animals would fa- slip and fall in. But they're able to f- walk on it, and they are able to lick the like tasty nectar around the side that's intended to lure in bugs, mm-hmm. and it poops into the pitcher plant while it eats. So the pitcher plant gets some like nutrients, nutrients, and the the I think it's a mouse gets some tasty goodies. So it's like it it it's a toilet. It's just that's it, it, insane. Yeah, we really we need to do that animal. <laughs> There's a true facts um, video about that. Uh, Z Frank. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I got. The kinkajou is a little. Little pollinator, like a bee. No other carnivores do that. A very cute pollinator. Probably, maybe, maybe the cutest. I don't know. A bumblebee is pretty cute. Had, Not in look, the face, but yeah. like if you look at the whole package. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, from uh, I think on every dimension, uh, a kinkajou is 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 cuter than a bumblebee. If you get up close to a bumblebee's face, you're, the whole cuteness aspect uh, fades away a little bit. But have you ever seen, like, a bumblebee, like, with its head down into, it, like, a small flower and its butt sticking up? And its, like, legs are, like, twitching around? It, it's adorable. <laughs> In a different kind of way. Like, I don't want to give it scritches. That's true, but it's it's tiny and fuzzy. Those are two very good things. That, yeah. I mean, among other bugs, it is, it is uh, cuter. <laughs> It's, it's between that and that one type of spider that's small and furry. 
and has big, really big eyes. Yeah, but still, eight eyes, it's, it, it, it totally ruins all semblance of cuteness. Yeah, there's a lot of cuteness in the eye, and if you have a composite eye, or you, if, you, <laughs> if you have eight eyes, you're really starting from behind. Yeah, and especially if you have little beady ones. Like, having big eyes and a small nose, that, that that's kind of what humans see as like cute. A, like and your Coralines and your dog from that one, Frankenweenie. What? Coraline? You know Coraline. Yes. Big, uh, well... I guess, she, like, big black eye with a tiny nose. I guess. I mean, that part of that movie is everybody's eyes are being replaced with, with buttons that are sewed in. I have never seen Coraline. Well, that's... Uh, I mean, it's one of those dark, uh, c- creepy clay baby movies, so... <laughs> but, yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's, I, I was going to say babies that have small noses and big oh, eyes, right, but... babies. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's the, that's the, the kinkajou. Uh, and some, and, uh, and, uh, Coraline. <laughs> uh, so for you out there in Podcastia, uh, put down the meat, add some fruit to your diet, and remember to try and spread your droppings around so that you can help pollinate your favorite trees like the kinkajou here in life, death and taxonomy. LDT listeners, did you know we have t-shirts available for purchase? We have shirts, hoodies, and kids tees. Just go to teespring.com slash stores slash taxonomy tees or go to ldtaxonomy.com slash taxonomy tees and click the link. Thanks for listening, engaging, and maybe getting some merch. <laughs> okay, this time it was bad advice. <laughs> I was uh, when a, I was that's actionable for a child. <laughs> because you sow S O W. You sow seeds. But oh, you, is it is it S O W for sowing seeds and S E W for yeah. sowing clothes? Interesting. Then you're correct and there is no problem. It's a sower. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but the parable of the sewers. Uh, the stinkiest parable. <laughs> anyway.